going to show you a, a picture of him. Please and, do. Uh, Please show me Dio on a skateboard. Oh my. That that man is very clearly a vampire. Like, this man is a Dracul. <laughs> there's no... <laughs> there's... I don't care if this isn't the Supernatural franchise, and there's no vampires in this universe. This man is a fucking Dracul. Yeah, there, there's no getting around it. You just don't dress like that without being a vampire. You don't have a smile like that without being a vampire. Look at look at him. He is a vampire. He, he has the fangs. But yeah, so this, this is the incredible hilarity that I will be showing you uh, at a later time. Please, please do. Also, this anime understands skateboarding in a way that few few other media have in a long time because oh. the main characters at several points end up bumming the one they they end up bothering the one twenty four year old they know because he's the only person who has a car <laughs> to give the rides to the, the secret skate park. God, I miss skating. I I used to like skateboard when I was like way younger but then uh it turns out wasn't good at it uh and i just stopped but you know i guess there's more time to learn eventually yeah they show up at his day job say hey old man please drive us to the place because one of we're, there's three of us and one of us doesn't have a helmet so we can't use my motorized scooter <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes, old man, I'm fucking 24, you jerk. And then they all pile into his car, and he drives them. And then he brings them to A&W. Actual, just straight up A&W. Oh my god. The branding branding is very clear on this. And and then he's like... No no McDonald's here. You have to eat your protein if you want to, like, build your muscle and grow up. So he has a plate with, like, five hamburgers. Jesus Christ. in the most skate culture uh, scene that I've seen in my life. Oh my god. This anime S- just gets it. <laughs> what, what is this called? Skate the Infinity. S-K-8. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I am looking this up. Yeah, no, I, I'm seeing this. 
Jesus. All right, I'm into it. I'm trying I to didn't... get the the scene with the A&W because it's incredible. Also, the bad guy just straight up works at the government. <laughs> oh my god, I... This is incredible. I didn't know this was a thing that was happening, but now this is all I want. Oh. It is, like, my favorite, uh... <laughs> it's my favorite anime of this season. It's so good. <laughs> I adore skateboarding, so, like, knowing this is here, I'm, and, like, it looks really good, I, I'm just like, hmm, I might have to get into this. I, I'm probably going to tonight try to get Nova to watch Demon Slayer because they mm-hmm. they only really watch anime like if it's dubbed because they have an easier time paying attention to it. That's um, fair. So like now that Demon Slayer has a dub and is on Netflix, I'm just like, ooh, maybe I should finally get you to watch this. So we're gonna try. We're gonna try. Look look at this man. Look at this man at AW. <laughs> That's just that's just Big Top Burger right there. Have you seen Big Top Burger? Yes. Okay. But that that's just straight up Big Top Burger right there. Babe, look at this. It's Big Top Burger. They gave me a look. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the two main characters are uh the the redhead uh oh I haven't linked any pictures of him just it's this one redhead kid and this one blue-haired kid and the blue-haired kid is not a skater he's a snowboarder he comes from canada uh-huh. and he likes poutine okay. he likes poutine and is very and is uh, very polite it's great i love him protect him at all costs i love them both oh man sam i wrote 1700 words i also wrote a lot although in my case it's because there's a lot of those it's one of like comedy it, it, describing what happens in a comedy episode always ends up creating a lot of words it feels like there's a lot not a lot to talk about and yet and yeah, yet it, it's like you don't want to miss the comedy because like that's the meat of the episode but also you don't want to miss the like character beats which it it's just i was not expecting like i forgot we were like just on air uh i was not expecting to like these episodes let alone love them they are surprisingly fun. I completely forgot that, like, once the end of the first episode hit, I was like, oh, right, it's these episodes. But yeah. I completely forgotten that these episodes existed. I did, too. I, I was, <laughs> I, like, was surprised at how much fun I was having and, like, the fact that I was, like, actively kind of losing my shit. Um... I do want to state one of my favorite moments of watching these two episodes was there. there is a very, very, very short part where uh, we see all of the captains, like, getting, like, a debriefing by, like, Yamamoto, and Elliot pointed with confusion to Komamura because they haven't been watching with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, are, are you pointing at the furry? And they just, like, nod, and I'm like, yeah, there's a furry captain. You've missed a lot. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, the rest of the universe has adapted to his uh, his appearance just going, that's actually a lot less creepy than him wearing that weird metal bucket on his face. Yeah, it's true. Oh, And man. I do appreciate that. Everyone's just like, okay, he's a fox. Who, who cares? 
It's pretty good. It's a good bit. I. <laughs> oh my god. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. We've got a lot to get through today. Uh, the countdown to Bounttown is over. We're here. We made it. The train has stopped and we have arrived in Bounttown. We're finally here. Season four, The Bount. No, we're not gonna tell- we're not gonna say what a bounty is and for a long time. No, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we ain't about to say what a bount is. Let's just start the episode. Right <laughs> <laughs> episode 64! New school term. Renji has come to the human world. I'm, I'm gonna move my microphone a little bit because it's a little janky. <laughs> okay. That was the dumbest fucking opening we've ever done. Debatable. <laughs> Debatable? <laughs> We're back in the daily life. As Ichigo easily fights back his father's good morning surprise attacks, much to Ishin's displeasure. Karin asks- Okay, I I didn't want to dwell on this in my, my summary, but <laughs> it is actually incredibly funny because Ichigo just, like, wakes up as Ishin, like, dives bomb through- dive bombs through the window, and just, like, Ichigo doesn't even, like, attempt to dodge, he just gets up and Ishin just flies right past him. <laughs> yeah, like, if he had stayed down, Ishin would have just missed him, If and when he got up, Ishin missed him, so Ishin was- Trying to get him as he was getting up, as he was sitting up in bed. That's the point where Ishin was like, yes, I'm gonna fucking get him. <laughs> it was, I, I, I don't usually, like, lose my shit when watching Ishin, like, try to beat the shit out of Ichigo, but, like, this case, this case I did. Karin asks if Ichigo has gained muscle recently while at breakfast, and Ichigo is like, uh, uh, and he changes the subject to his sister's summer homework. Yuzu's like, oh, we finished early since we had nothing to do while you were on your trip. Karin's like, oh, also Don Kanoji came around twice and said you were his disciple? And our orange-haired boy attempts to deny this before being kicked in the face by Ishin for letting his guard down. Uh, the two bicker and we cut to school where Ichigo clotheslines an enthusiastic Keiga while Mizuhiro calmly greets him. I, I appreciate that nothing much has changed between him and his family and him and his friends. Just, just give give Ichigo his personal space. Yeah, he's not a he's not a touchy guy. I was also uh, very happy that the very first interaction we had with Keigo back here was Ichigo just clotheslining him. I thought that was pretty good. He no sells it too. Like he's just walking, yeah, <laughs> and and he takes like a little step to the side, just boom, right in the face. Oh, it was perfect. In class, things are pretty normal with Chad, Totsuki, and Orihime hanging out while Ichigo walks up, saying hi to Totsuki. Mizuro observes that Chad and Ichigo have nice hands, and Keigo jumps on this, wondering if they went off somewhere together. The two exchange glances, and Keigo inquires if something happened between the two of them over summer before a jab from Ichigo knocks him out. The, I I don't want to dwell on this too much. Couldn't tell if this was supposed to be like a, oh, y'all gay sort of thing. Straight up couldn't tell. It kind of felt like it, but it, it didn't last long enough to really bother me. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's Keigo. That's probably the intent. Um, most of his jokes are in bad taste. 
Uh, although it's it's weird. I feel that it's weird that it's like, ah, uh, Chad and Ichigo got a tan. Yeah. It, like Ichigo wasn't even in his body. <laughs> yeah. You know. Now that I, I guess Khan could have gotten Khan could have given him a tan th- while he was out. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's what happened. That's what happened. He, he was playing soccer with those kids after all. But wasn't he? N- never mind. Tatsuki asks Orihime how visiting her relatives went, and Orihime's like, oh, we went to a strange Edo period town with lots of people carrying swords. And Chad and Ichigo are just, like, on the edge of their seat, like, oh my god, is she just, like, really saying this right now? And Tatsuki just, like, pats her on the head and is like, oh, you and your wild imagination, (laughs) as the teacher walks in. Uh, it's incredible. Up until the point where she talks about a cat turning into a woman, I was like, oh, Tatsuki is just going to imagine that she went to one of those, um, like, Edo period peace towns. Like, the the theme parks and shit. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, she's, she's just going to assume she went to one of those. But then she's like, and then there was a cat, and she turned into a woman. <laughs> and Tatsuki's like, you know what? Fine. It's not as weird as your usual dreams, I guess. Uh, I love them. I'm so happy we have Tatsuki Urahime stuff this week. Ichigo glances at Rukia's empty desk, remembering their final words exchanged. Suddenly, from outside, Renji stands yelling for Ichigo, dressed in a 60s-ass hippie outfit, complete with a six-string on his back. Keigo's like, do you know that guy? And Ichigo's like, he's a relative, and runs outside, confusing everyone. I love that their teacher, like, first there's the bit where she's taking roll call, and then she's like, well, these two kids are absent, but they're delinquent, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> and, and then when she when she sees Reggie standing outside, she's like, how nostalgic. <laughs> Thinking back to my childhood fashions. It's so fucking funny. And Reggie's outfit here is a sight to behold. If... <laughs> If you have not been watching Bleach, just, like, look up Renji Hippie Outfit. Like, let, let, let me Google that make sure that's, uh, that's what we get. No, that that is not what we get. Don't Google that. I'm I'm erasing this from the, co- the, the podcast. Don't worry about it. He has an amazing outfit. That's all you need Renji to know. Renji Gigai is what you need to, is what you need to, to search for. Because then you get that incredible frame that we're about to talk about that I posted <laughs> last night in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Renji's gig guy. That's, that's what you need. That's what you need. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Ichigo runs straight for Renji, who greets him normally, and Ichigo just clotheslines him, which is becoming, like, his special move, I guess. He pushes him through several bushes and into a tree. Renji is like, what are you on about? And Ichigo is demanding to know why Renji's here. Renji's like, it's none of your business and you don't need to be upset. Ichigo responds, it became my business with you yelling for me outside my school. It's like, I, everyone I know is here. You are yelling loud enough to wake the dead and you are using my name. How is it not my business? <laughs> it's so fucking good. Renji stands up and he's like, Wow. I hate this gay guy. It's so confining. How did Rukia do it? <laughs> and then he's like, By the way, I've been assigned to patrol Karakura Town, and I came to see you after being told your location by Urahara. <laughs> and then Ichigo, like, mocks him, like, 
assuming he got, like, demoted from a lieutenant. And Renji's like, actually, it's just because you keep leaking spiritual energy all over the place. Right on cue, Ichigo's substitute Shinigami badge begins glowing and beeping and flying around. And Renji's like, see? A hollow crashes nearby, while Chad, Orihime, and Uryu, stuck in class, wonder what, wonder what they should do. The hollow nears the classroom, and Ichigo takes it down, leaving Orihime to celebrate out loud to the class's confusion. She laughs, brushing it off, as does the rest of the class. There is a bit here where Ren- like, cause Ichigo is like watching his, his badge go haywire, and the hollow, like, show, show up, and he's like, not sure how, how to proceed. And Renji's like, uh, there's a hollow, guess I'll just hop out of my guy. And then he just like- <laughs> Only, he only manages to get, like, half of his upper body out of the out of the flesh suit, and then he's like, damn, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> What's happening? It's very funny, actually. Uh, the, the frame that Sam has sent me, which I'm probably also going to try and put in the episode description, because it's very... I, I think it's critically important, frankly. Uh, it, it's incredible. It's top-notch. <laughs> yeah, and then... There's also the bit, like, Ichigo's like, okay, so how how do I use this thing to, like, pop my soul out, turn into a Shinigami, so I can go kill that hollow? And while he's doing this, it's just walking directly towards the school, so all three of, like, the advanced humans inside are just like, uh, Ichigo, are you gonna deal with this? Does one of, does one of us need to deal with it? Like, Ruki even put, like is ready to summon her flowers. Like, she's she has her hand up. She's like, uh... You mean Orihime? Ruki ain't here, bud. You're right. I miss her already. <laughs> I miss her, too. But yeah, so Orihime, like, puts her hand up. She's about to attack. And then, like, Ichigo shows up to deal the killing blow. And everyone's like, oh, thank Christ. <laughs> Why did it take him so long? It like, literally, it was- like, gets to the window of the classroom. It puts its hand on the window, and all three of them are like, uh, <laughs> what? Like, if I do something, people will see me do something. What do I do? Oh, man. Good good tension. Like, it, it's a good silly bit, but I was into it. After the battle, Renji complains to Ichigo about having to get back into his Gigai immediately after getting out. While Ichigo tells him not to leave it just lying around uh, where people can see, and he tells him never to come to a school again. Later, Orihime and Tatsuki eat some shaved ice together. Orihime has brain freeze, and Tatsuki tells her to eat it slowly, while Orihime asks her about her arm injury. Tatsuki asserts that it was nothing, and she's in top form for the championship next month. Orihime comments on her strength, comparing herself to Tatsuki, who asks if something happened at her relative's house. Orihime says that she was no help at all, and was probably actually more in the way, but she could hear Tatsuki's voice encouraging her, which helped her to do everything she could. Tatsuki tells her that doing her best was enough, and that she isn't the one who decides whether or not she was actually helpful. She came home regardless, and Orihime pledges to continue to do her best, claiming to be a hundred times better than before, despite more brain freeze. I, I, I love this bit. I think it is very funny that they're sitting five feet apart because they're not gay. That is exactly what they're doing. Um, I like. I really like Tatsuki's words here because she's there and she's like, okay, look, you, you, you went because you wanted to support to support someone you fulfilled your promise to me to come back safely uh you did what you said you basically just did all the goals that you set out to do and frankly you're not the like when you go help someone you're not the one who decides whether whatever you did was helpful so if other people say you did then you did it's fine yeah 
It, it's a really good exchange. I I very, very deeply missed all of the Totsuki Orihime stuff, and I'm very glad we're getting more of that. Yes. At home, Ichigo announces his arrival and is immediately dropkicked by Ashin for being late to dinner. At Urahara shop, Tessai offers Renji seconds despite him being a freeloader, and suddenly everyone is asking if he actually deserves seconds since he is a freeloader. Jinta orders him to sweep the front of the store tomorrow if he wants seconds, and with extra pressure from Tessai and Ururu, Renji puts down his bowl, thanks them for the food, and leaves. Jinta falls back in laughter, and Urahara is like, wow, he's more sensitive than he looks. Yoruichi ordering, calls it ordering is more uh, direct than... What then? What he does? Because like, yeah, Tessa is like, "Hey, do you want do you want seconds, Mister Freeloader?" And Ududu is like, "Wow, he's the first one to ask for seconds, even though he's a freeloader." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's it's incredible that a freeloader is going to get the the first help, the first seconds helping of the evening, isn't that right, Mister Freeloader?" <laughs> and then he does like. You know, you could sweep tomorrow. After all, if you're a freeloader and you're going to be asking for seconds, it's the least you could do, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, keep pounding into him like this. And it's so funny because Reggie's just, like, stunned into the silence. And, like, the way he looks when he just, like, puts his bowl down and gets up and leaves is so sad and so funny. He's just completely demoralized and heartbroken. He's like, oh, okay. I'll <laughs> just show myself out then. Jodorichi calls it pathetic, but notes she has sensed something unusual in Karakura Town. Urahara dismisses it, despite some disturbances he detected. At an abandoned factory, Orihime practices with her Shunshun Rika, exhausting herself. When Chad walks in, noting he felt like he may find reasons behind his strength by going to Soul Society. Orihime says she just went to help Ichigo, but feels bad since she couldn't do so. Chad states they'll just have to struggle and make their powers stronger if they want to stay with Ichigo, manifesting his cool arm and blowing a hole in the building, surprising Orihime, who reminds him of the trouble this caused last time. They run out of the building together, and Uryu spots them, wondering what the hell they're up to, before commenting on the ominous moon. I do like that she's- that, you know, Chad's like, yeah, we're just gonna have to get get stronger. <laughs> and she's like, oh my god. You can't do that. There are going to be cops. <laughs> and, they, and then there's just like a little slapstick montage of them like exiting, tripping, falling over, like getting the hell out of Dodge. It's it's incredible. I I was really glad they brought back this bit of Chad blowing a hole in the wall. Very good. Very, very good. Also, have to note again, how many abandoned factories are there in Karakura Town? How many? It's the same one. It's There is the one abandoned factory district, and they're all there. They, they just keep going to it. Although I think it's not abandoned, and that's why they're in trouble. I guess so. The, I, I do want to state the Wikipedia page specifically calls it abandoned factory. Well, it's a anime wiki, you know. You're right. wrong. Back at the clinic, an extremely damaged Kone admonishes Ichigo for barely reacting to his state. Ichigo promises to take him to Uryu tomorrow to get fixed, but Kone claims he's become lazy and arrogant due to his substitute soul reaper duties. 
Ichigo denies this, wondering why the plush complains so much, while Kone wonders how, it, how he couldn't complain without Rukia back. Ichigo grabs him and reminds him that he went to Soul Society to stop the execution, not necessarily to bring Rukia back. He tosses the annoying lion on the floor, and Ichigo says he knows nothing of what happened. Kone whines about missing Rukia, and Ichigo tells him to shut up. In a flashback, a young Orihime makes snow rabbits as her brother, Sora, arrives, wondering if she was waiting for him again. Orihime shows him her creation, and Sora compliments it as looking just like a rabbit. He tells her they should get inside, but she tells him this was a brother rabbit. She needs to make one for herself. Sora says, alright, let's make it together, before kneeling down. This flashback is so cute. <laughs> it's really cute, but it's also like, the they bring focus a lot to how, like, her fingers are hurting because of how cold they've been in the snow and how long she's been outside. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, Sora sees it and he's like, all right, well, hey, kid, it's time to go back inside. And she's like, no, no, we have to, we, I have to make a, a second rabbit for myself. <laughs> and she's like, her fingers are all red. And she's like, oh, God, that's going to hurt. It's yeah. Gonna hurt. And he's like, all right, well, how about I help to make it go faster? What, what a good brother. Waking up from this dream... Orihime is surprised to have dream of, dreamed of her brother. She gets up for water and begins thinking of the time Byakuya took what would have been a fatal blow for Rukia, which causes her to wonder why she's crying. Suddenly, the doorbell rings. She wipes the tears from her face and looks through the peephole and is shocked. She opens the door to reveal her brother, Sora, standing before her, very much alive. I'm home, he says. This is a good bit. It is good. I mean, I wouldn't call him alive. I w he is there, though, uh, which is weird, because last time we saw him, like, you know, he was hollow, he got purified, turned to Soul Society, uh, but but she sees him, it's like, right, that's my brother. Get in the he's house. <laughs> Renji is awoken by his soul pager, and he's surprised about receiving an order now. He runs out the door, leaving Urahara to note how strange this is, as Yodoichi follows behind. Back at the apartment, Sora and Orihime sit down for drinks. He observes that she's doing well, and Orihime asks what happened to him. Sora's like, well, I was able to pass on to Soul Society, but don't worry, I won't become a hollow again. She expresses relief, and he says he knows she also went to Soul Society. When she asks how he knows that, he's just like, oh, that's about all I know. You haven't changed since you were a kid, by the way. He goes on about how she was always worried about him, asking if she remembers making snow bunnies for him. Yeah, like, he's di he's directly referencing her dream, which is a little creepy, uh, but I do want to point out, Renji wears his hair in a braid when he's sleeping. Renji is so good. Like, All of his fashion is incredible in this episode. I love him. I'm love so Renji glad so we have Renji in this episode. I'm so glad we have Renji here in the human world. It, it is perfect. Um... At the clinic, Renji stands over Ichigo, trying to get him up. Ichigo's like, why are you here at my house at this hour? And Renji's like- And also, he's not just, like, when when we say he's standing over Ichigo, it's not that he's standing next to his bed and, like, leaning over. It's he's <laughs> standing on Ichigo's bed, and he is squatting over Ichigo. <laughs> and he's, like, <laughs> leaning his face down, and he's like, yo, wake up. <laughs> something's weird happening wake up yeah I'll say something weird's happening Jesus Christ Renji's like I got an order I need your help 
Ichigo mocks him, claiming he can't do this on his own, just like Rukia, which irritates Renji. Kon slams open the closet door, yelling at the two for making such a racket after ignoring Kon's feelings. Renji's like, what the hell is that? Before grabbing the toy and realizing he's a Gikongan, pulling out the pill, then putting it back. He starts spinning Kon around and being surprised that a Gikongan can animate things like a plush body. He states he forgot about those, and Ichigo realizes this is why Renji had so much t- trouble leaving his Gigai earlier. <laughs> I'm really glad they, like, expanded on this goof. I do like it. It's like, oh, so I guess Renji can just, like, will himself out of his body, which is cool. But also, yeah, he's just spinning Khan around uh, as he's talking. He's like, oh, I guess this is what- because lest we forget, uh, the backstory that Khan has is... Shinigami view them as just tools that don't that don't necessarily have a personality on their own. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I guess it's a Geekon. Well, fine, whatever. <laughs> it's very funny, honestly. Uh, Ichigo asks Renji about the order, and the lieutenant throws Kon on the ground and explains he received a strange message, asking if Ichigo can sense the strange energy, despite it not being very strong. Suddenly, Ichigo is concerned for Orihime, and when Renji confirms it's near her, Ichigo is immediately up, criticizing him for not leading with that, and entering Soul Reaper form, telling him they should go. They jump out the window while Ichigo's body pins Kon to the ground. In the apartment, Orihime tells Sora that she wasn't worried, but was lonely in their empty house as a kid, and was happy whenever Sora came home. He says he felt the same way when he was with her, before asking if something's bothering her, since she dreamt about him. Directly referencing the dream. She's shocked, and a mysterious figure stands before her, or behind her, rather. Uh, Uryu senses something strange from his home, as does Chad. Sora opens a window, and a strong wind blows in, leading Orihime to question how he knew of her dream. Sora tells her she told him, and suggests they step out for some fresh air, as a large skeletal gate appears outside the window. He's like, you know... Why don't you just step out your window for some fresh air? It's normal. It's fine. <laughs> We're just having a normal one here in Orihime's apartment. Ichigo and Renji run for Orihime's place, seeing the gates crackle with red energy outside the apartment. Sora tells Orihime to come with him, since there's nothing to worry about after all, and he holds out his hand, which Orihime grabs. But I don't know why she grabs his hand here. Like, I don't know how you could not be suspicious that something's going on, but whatever. The mysterious girl chuckles as Orihime's eyes widen and the gates open. Renji wonders if they're the gates to hell, and, and Uryu calls out to Ichigo, running up to the both of them with Chad in tow. The four of them all see a screaming Orihime get sucked into the gates, Ichigo leaps into the air, draws Zongetsu, and fires off a Getsugatensho at the gates, which dissipate before being hit. Uryu expresses shock, and Ichigo screams for Orihime as three mysterious figures laugh and watch from afar, ending the episode. You know, it's it's fine. It's her brother. She trusts her brother. They all float down there. It's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> but to, to describe these three figures, one of them is, like, a, a young girl with, like, blonde hair who, like, is just, like, dressed kind of goth and silly. Uh, we've got a magician asshole with, like, long, like, two-tone hair, and we've got somebody who's, like, wearing, like, kind of a ninja mask with his hair coming out of it. They all look like assholes. They all look like jerks. It's great. I love, I love all three of them. Their designs are all great. It's, it's pretty good. I, like, 
Elliot's just sitting here like, how am I supposed to take this seriously? And I'm like, listen, they're supposed to look stupid. It's the best. Yeah, the I'll mention more about about them during uh during my episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. This is the part where this I a- normally say there's one of the manga differences, but there are none. It, it's it's over. We don't have manga differences at all for the next like thirty weeks. Do want to mention the uh, there's a new ending, and it's my favorite ending. At least it's my favorite ending that I remember. Anyway, just a bunch of weird creatures dancing around, and also a character who's quite obviously a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking about. They're they're not Draculas. What what are Draculas? This is Bleach. We don't have those. And in our installment of the Golden Guide to Shinigami, we have so there was a quick shot early in the episode of Khan being completely beat to shit after his body got torn up during the soccer game that was happening at the as the post credit scene for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but so you know he's like, oh. Yeah, fine, whatever, I'll get Uryu to fix you up. Uh, and then here in the post credit scene, Uryu fixes him. But, you know, he adds, like, a bu- he adds a ton of lace, so Khan beats the shit out of him. And uh, then he fixes it, removes the lace, but unknown to Khan, he's added a Quincy cross to the back of his head. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible bit. I, <laughs> I fucking love Uryu so much. Uh, Uryu just pushing the Quincy fashion agenda. Like, every, he's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll fix your clothes. Just give me that. <laughs> <laughs> crosses, these crosses are so cool. <laughs> Uryu absolutely does think that crosses are like the pinnacle of fashion. It's a delight. Anyway, we should go ahead and cut to a five minute break. Let's cut the break. get right back into it with episode 65, Creeping Terror, The Second Victim. Over in Soul Society, Aizen, Gin, and Tozen's whereabouts are still unknown. Thankfully, according to a report from nerds, it'll take it'll take him quite a while before the Hogyoku that they stole can actually be used. Still, the Soul Society, like, division captains can't just sit on their asses all day, so the captain commander has made an investigative force. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Cut to Shunsui and Ukitake on the the captains of the 8th and 13th divisions, discussing that, like, you know, it's called an investigation force, but it's really a hit squad. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just an assassination squad. Let's let's be honest. And then they mention they like chat a little bit about like, oh yeah, like Renji's been reassigned to the town where those Ryoka came from, right? And it's like, yeah. But also, there's been disturbing rumors about this town. You know, and then we I do- think it's very funny that like after everything that happened the last two arcs, like we're just expected to believe that, like, everything in terms of, like, captain structure has gone back to basically normal, and that everybody's just like, alright, time to listen to orders again. Yeah, they're just like, well, you know, the problem was Aizen, it wasn't the system. Yeah, what's a system? 
and put another way, well, Central Forge 6, all of them are fucking dead, so I guess Yamamoto's in charge, period. I guess so. <laughs> Back at school, uh, where all the boys are gathered, including Renji, but although he's in his Shinigami form, so no, one's, no one can see him, uh, you know, we get a little bit, oh, they've been unable to find Orihime after, like, the weird shenanigans the, the night before. Renji is like, eh, kind of looked like the gate to hell, I guess, but, like, hell wouldn't grab a living human. It's just, it's not made that way, I guess. <laughs> I think this is incredible. Like, I actually, like, snorted when this came up. Because, like, I guess, minor spoilers, this is exactly the premise of one of the movies. I think the I think that movie, Hell, grabs a soul, not a living human. Not certain. It, we'll it see. It, like, straight up grabs Karin. Oh. Well, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it'll, it'll get something wrong, I guess. Reggie trusted the system. It's fine. There's no problem with the system. It's Aizen's fault. It's all Aizen's fault. The really weird thing about all this, though, is that they asked Tatsuki about Orihime, and she didn't remember her at all. Just like when Rukia disappeared. Ichigo says, well, you know, at least that means someone went through the trouble of using memory replacement. And that means that's proof that whoever did this is, like, someone with a plan... And it's not just, like, a random act of nature of, like, hell reaching up and grabbing someone. Like, it's someone who's actually, like, went around, erased memories, and changed memories. So, you know. At least now I we like know this. that, like, we're dealing so with someone. I was like, well, that is quite the assumption, Ichigo. <laughs> I like this. I do feel bad that these students are, like, constantly getting their memories overwritten. That feels so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Like, Orihime's like, oh, so did you miss me? <laughs> it's like, who are you? Miss who? Miss when? <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> That's gotta have some, like, lasting effects. The three students decide to take the investigation into their own hands, and Renji, like, he tries to be an adult, and he's like, um, you guys have class, but these delinquents have a girl to go save, so they don't give a shit about school. <laughs> <laughs> they just immediately run out and Reggie's like but but your classroom <laughs> your your students you have class what <laughs> we must not forget that Reggie is still a cop despite everything he is still a cop <laughs> just, I love Reggie still a cop they show up at Urihime's apartment unable to get in and Uryu shows us he's proficient at lockpicking, using his sewing gate to infiltrate. He just takes out a sewing needle and he bends it and he's like, Someone hide me from the street so no one sees me do this. I think you're, I think you're skipping over the most important bit of this whole exchange. Because Chad is like, I'll just break down the door. Like, there's no problem here. And then Uri is like, wait, 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 there's no need for that. And then he bends the like sewing needle and then Chad goes, wait. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I will bust down this door for my friend. <laughs> no. Okay, fine. Wait, no, what you're doing is illegal. You can't pick locks. <laughs> they could have just pretended it was it was a fight or something. I guess then so. Then it would have been illegal, I guess. <laughs> um, so they get inside, start investigating, and Reggie just immediately raids our fridge. <laughs> because, again, <laughs> he he didn't get seconds last night. <laughs> He's very hungry. I'm really glad they kept this bit going. 
<laughs> it's incredible. The rest of the gang noticed that there was two cups on the table, which means whoever it was that did this, Orihime invited them in and, you know, like, served tea. Renji's pager rings again, and a girl is on the other end, telling the four that she's got their friend. Ichigo asks why they kidnapped Orihime, but then they're like, wait, hold on. If you know we're in this house, that means we're being watched. <laughs> and then the girl's like, well, I would like to play a game, Ichigo. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go to a specific park within the next three minutes. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> they all sprint over, and there's there's a really good bit where Ichigo, like, starts running faster than... Ren- like, Renji pulls ahead a little, and then Ichigo, like, starts running faster than him. And then they just start competing, and, you know, obviously both of them are yelling at each other, and they're like, I'm gonna win, you asshole. Blah, 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 blah. But because normal people can't see Renji they just see Ichigo running <laughs> full tilt down the hot, down the sidewalk being like i'm not going to let you beat me <laughs> it's an incredible bit uh also both Ichigo and Uryu's run in like these sequences are the funniest fucking thing yeah, like, I don't know what's up with their running animation, but they just have, like, their elbows locked. It like It's like their elbows are locked at a T-post position, and then their forearms are just, like, waggling back and forth. It's, <laughs> it's real good. Everyone arrives at the park, and they answer a ringing payphone. But this was just the first hurdle. They get another location, and they have to sprint to it and to catch another ringing phone. But since someone, like, someone else answers the phone, and then immediately, like... Chad is, is like, sprinting towards him. I thought for sure Chad was going to tackle this man. Oh, same. He ends up, like, you know, just giving him the phone, but it it looked like they were just gonna have Chad tackle this guy. Um, So, th- the voice is like, well, someone else picked it up before you did, so I guess Orihime is gonna die! And then hangs up. And then calls again to be like, just kidding! Next it's- challenge! <laughs> It's so good because there's just, like, this active moment of, like, silence where the Ichigo and, like, gang are just like, oh my god, what have we done? And then they get the call back and it's like, oh, we're good. Yeah, like, the this kid is is really, like, fucking with them. Uh, and then they're like, alright, fine, third challenge. This time if you win, you'll get to hear Inoue's voice. Um... We don't hear the location, it kind of cuts away, but it cuts to Urahara's shop, where Ginta and Ururu are just, like, sweeping outside, and then there's, like, a stampede happening, and they're like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) So, the boy band arrives, and they're like, we have to use your phone. Give us your phone now. They they answer the phone, they and they're like, Oh yeah, congratulations, you won. And while Ichigo's on the phone with the girl, the rest are like, Should we trace the call? <laughs> Should we use our high-tech technology to trace the call's location? It's like we can't do that. What are you talking about? I just uh, they love can record- all of their banter so much. They can, however, at least record the phone call. Um There is a quick conf- there is a quick like conversation of uh between Yoroichi and Urahara, who are like, well, whoever's doing this definitely isn't a normal person, but we have no fucking clue otherwise. (laughs) That night, Chad, Uriyu, and the two Shinigami show up at Urihime's apartment, where they were told to go by the last phone call. There's some questioning about where Uriyu's cape went. Like, he just shows up in his, I guess, civilian outfit. (laughs) There's, like, a good bit where, like, Chad's like, 
you have that dry cleaned? <laughs> yes, like, I don't have I don't have it on me because it's it's at the cleaners. It's like you 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 make it get dry cleaned. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah, do you have a problem with dry cleaning? Uh, it's eight p.m. <laughs> Suddenly, there's a flash of light from inside the apartment, and just as they try to break in, this time they're they're like, "No time for lockpicking. Let me break. Let me break down the door." Chad just really wants to break down the door. He, he's not. He's feeling like he's not contributing. I suppose. I guess so. But just before he does, Orihime opens the door, unaware of anything that happened, and not remember. Like she thinks today was the first day that they went back to school. Uh, which is weird. Uh, back at the Urahara shop, he says, Ah, I ran the recording through my voice analyzer. <laughs> and whoever this is doesn't have a spirit crest. It's like, what the fuck is a spirit crest? Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure a... this has never been mentioned before. It's like a voice print. You know, something unique to every person. But for your soul. So whoever <laughs> this is doesn't have a spirit crest. And it's like, alright, if you say so, I guess. It's so uh, dumb, but I love it. <laughs> meanwhile, outside the shop, a large black cloud tornado with red lightning is moving around the sky, and Yoroichi and Urahara are like, huh, that's weird. Whatever. <laughs> and then they just watch it fly across the sky all the way to Urihime's apartment, where it, like, slams into the, uh, or it, like, it just slams into the building. <laughs> they just watch it go. They're like, huh. Alright, that, that's weird. Back at Urihime's place, where everyone's just waiting, they feel the storm approach, and then once it hits the apartment, like, the doors won't open, and suddenly Urihime's eyes are all red, and she's got a manic grin, and she's choking out Chad while talking to them with a different voice. Uh, uh, like, he's trying to shake her off, but she's she's too strong for him. Uh, so then the Shinigami, like, both Shinigami are like, okay, we have to deal with this. So they start pulling out their swords, and Uruyu's like, hold on, hold on. We don't know if this is, like, someone pretending to be Urihime yet, or if it's, like, someone possessing her body. You can't... Yeah. <laughs> you can't just take your sword out right now. But that's Ichigo's answer to everything, is to just get so get to get attention, and, like, you know, when, when it's that not solved the problem? Urihime's a strong girl. She'll be fine. <laughs> Thankfully, like, literally the moment that he says this, they, like, they no longer have to wonder because, uh, she transforms into Avery from Pokemon Sword and Shield, Isle of Armor DLC. <laughs> Just immediately. And, uh, she, they, the guy gives his name. He names himself Kurodo. And he calls for his ally, Noba. A red, who's a red-headed man who's wearing a hood where he it's basically just a full head hood and there's one zipper near where the R's are and a <laughs> giant fur collar. I love his outfit. His outfit is great. Um, they both look like complete assholes and I love them. They do. They absolutely do. Uh, now, the, both Shinigamis are like, all right, now it's a fight and they grip their swords, but their two enemies just jump away. This time with Chad disappearing into the Hellgate. <laughs> <laughs> and Ichigo, Uryu, and Renji are helpless as they see the third member of the enemy group, Lirin, appear sitting on top of the gate and demands to know what the fuck is happening. And I want to take this moment to say, I don't care what the- like, the subs say Kurodo, Noba, Lirin. It's obviously Lilin, Claude, and Nova. <laughs> like, 
Clearly, those are the names, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen them said that way, but you're right. <laughs> like, Kurodo, it's just Claude. It's Claude. <laughs> it's the French pronunciation of the name, which is Claude. <laughs> it's it's good. It's very good. Oh, Both God. Renji and Ichigo just don't want to fight a kid, so they're like, Uru, you take her on. We're gonna fight the two dudes. <laughs> My favorite part about this exchange is that they decide that Uru's gonna fight the kid without Uru in frame, so we don't get to see his reaction to this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you don't have a problem attacking a 12-year-old girl, do you? It's Uru, they, he's gonna be fine. Then they just go. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, as soon as they jump up to attack, all three of them disappear, to the, and we kind of end the episode. And it's like, oh, rip... We've lost. They've lost another of their, uh, another of their crew, and then in the post credits, Renji in his gigai sneaks around Urahara's shop at midnight trying to get some rice, but it was a trap. <laughs> like, basically, they Urahara and Ginta are watching the rice pot, and then they throw rubber bands at him when he tries to take some. <laughs> it's it's so petty. It's just like no, you don't get to have food unless you ask for it. I am so happy this bit, like, just keeps going. I, I'm i hoping it keeps on through, like, the early parts of this arc, because it's very, very good. It is pretty good. I don't know how long it'll take until I'm tired of this bit, but for now, it's really good. Um, and as for the episode proper, like, I really enjoyed the episode, and especially, like, the... These three assholes are probably like the most well, like they're very effective. They they took yeah. out two people in Ichigo's crew already, like with apparently zero effort. Like I I liked both of these episodes. Like I I was not expecting to like really like them that much, but like I found myself like having like a really great time because it was like nice to kind of have like a breath of fresh air where not everything's super serious. And like the thing I I kept kept coming back to these episodes was Bleach is funny again. Yeah, it's just, it's a fun time. And it's like, yeah, a lot of, like, the back half of season three was really cool and had a lot of character moments, had a lot of good fights. But it was, it was always on all the time. Like, yeah, there, there would be maybe, like, one joke and, like, per episode and half the time it wouldn't land. Like, it was, it was okay, but not a lot of uh, time was spent for the humor. Um, and then half the jokes that they did try just didn't land. A lot of these jokes, however, were just like, God, this was just a fun time. <laughs> I, I think, like, what's getting me here is, like, whenever we've gone to, like, a one or two, like, filler episode bit, uh, it's always been, like, always jokes all the time in a way that, like, very much didn't land. But, like, here there's, like, enough of a balance, like, enough to, like, keep you, like, invested in wondering what's going on. Uh, that, like, when the jokes come, it's, like, not tiring. It, it It's actually funny and enjoyable, and I was really happy about that. Yeah, like, it's, it is an arc, it is a story, there's progression, like, like, one episode was Orihime, and one episode was Chad, and at the same time, like, there is also, like, there is a sinister side of whoever's doing this, they... They found out Orihime's, like, weakness. It's, she like, she trusts her brother unconditionally. Uh, yep. They they used a similar thing with Chad. They showed him Orihime. He trusts her, and then they took him, they took him away. 
Um, but they're also like breaking up the moments with like good goofs here and there. And yeah. also fucking Urahara's voice analyzer box. <laughs> He's just sitting in front of his phone, like, with a giant paper printout, and he's like, hmm, yes, hmm, this, whoever this is, doesn't have a spirit crest, hmm. It is the most Urahara thing that has ever happened, and I'm so here for it. Now, I I, I do want to say, I am excited about next week's episode. Uh, The next episode's title is Breakthrough, the Trap Hidden in the Labyrinth, and I'm very excited to see what that's all about. Here's hoping that these episodes just continue to deliver. I really hope so. I, I I'm going in cautiously optimistic. Uh, but you know that's the end of the show. We we've made it through the first episodes of Bount Town. We made it. That we are at the station. We've gotten here. We did it. You can find us on Twitter at Bleachcast. You can email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com and you can find me at lavender underscore pause you can also find my other show welcome to a podcast on well right now it's just on acast we're, we're gonna get it out there we're probably not doing an episode this week uh just because my, my wife is recovering from surgery and i i want to pay more attention to that right now um but we we will get another episode of that out soon i i, I don't want to place a date on it but soon and you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I'm, I'm ex- excited to see what kind of quote you pull out this time. But uh, thank you all for listening. Stay cool, Chads. I was really hoping you wouldn't bring attention to it, because here I was just going to be like, Time sometimes flies like a bird, sometimes crawls like a snail, but a man is happiest when he does not even notice whether it passes swiftly or softly. I... Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>